Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. I am here today with Jake. I am Matt. Uh, we're going to be talking about the 49ers football team game a little bit. Um, and then, then we're going to kind of start, start talking about the offseason somewhat. Not like full-on going to like whatever you move we think they should make or anything, but kind of where the team's at right now. Because as we know, in the NFL, so many things can change. You think maybe a guy's not coming back. Like Sherm, for instance, he said that he doesn't think he's going to come back. That can change so rapidly. You know, Sherm can hit the open market and go, you know what, this isn't worth it. I'll take a little pay cut to go back to San Francisco, um, especially with, like, COVID. I mean, we don't know how, how this offseason is going to look really at all. I think it's kind of similar to last offseason where no one really knows where the money's coming from. There might be some, some weird restructures. The, the richer owners might be able to, you know, maybe go back into the, I guess, the emergency funds a little bit more and convert some guys' salaries into bonuses to keep some people. Um, there's been rumors that maybe Kittle's uh, contract will be converted into a bonus a little bit. And if you think, like, why would Kittle do a restructure? It's not only really like he would be losing money, but more like his contract would be converted to a non-cap hit type of salary. But let, let's start with the, the recap of this game. The defense was absolutely spectacular. They were, it was the third-rated defensive performance in the Shanahan era. And unfortunately, a certain quarterback by the name of Nick Mullins wanted nothing else but the 49ers to tank. If this is, I said before the game, like this is the game where you know if they're going to try to win, like if they're going to try to make the playoffs or if they're going to kind of hang it up. And it seems like it's done. (laughs) I think everyone has kind of accepted that. But I do want to applaud the defense because they struggled against the Bills a lot. And today or not today but we're recording on Tuesday two days ago they balled out they played so well Fred Warner went down and this team was still really really good Um, we got a sack from Jordan Willis a sack from Deion Jordan Javon Kinlaw had an excellent run stuff and he had a pretty sweet celebration at the end of that one too but I mean the defense played really really well the the football team mustered 108 passing yards um, not counting the sacks just Dwayne Haskins had, I think, 51, and Alex Smith had 57. They were bad. They were not good. Um, 49ers defense allowed six points when it wasn't off of turnovers. It was like one of the first games in a long time where a road team had won without scoring an offensive touchdown, yet Nick Mullins accounted for 14 of the football team's points. Um, He had an atrocious pick six, one of the worst pick sixes I've ever seen. And he had the fumble, which I don't know what he was doing. He was holding the ball like a loaf of bread, and it gets knocked out. Chase Young goes, okay, I'm going to win the defensive rookie of the year with this play, and he takes it back to the house. Uh, I'm okay with that. I bet, I bet Chase Young for, for defensive rookie of the year, so I love to see that one. Looking like it's going to come through, but, man, it was, it was brutal. Um, Nick Mullins also, to add insult to injury, Via PFF, he was charged for three of the four sacks against him. Basically, no pocket presence. We've talked about this before. The dude does not feel the pocket at all. And, and it's just unfortunate. I mean, we, we listened to Kyle after the game. Kyle basically said, when you have a backup quarterback in there, he gets figured out and it gets real difficult. But, I mean, besides that, I want to say that this secondary this year for the 49ers, the secondary in this linebacker core, especially Drake Greenlaw, he had an excellent tackle at the end of the game. I don't want them to kind of be forgotten 
because this defense has played really well outside the Bills game, but they don't have their pass rush. And yes, I think we're going to see a little bit, not a, I guess a lot, a very different um, personnel on the defensive side of the ball next season. But this defense has been really good this year. And I have been very, 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 very impressed by Robert Sala and the coaching staff letting these guys play really well, getting them in the good spots because, man, like, I, like Bosa goes down and D Ford goes down and it, it looks like this might be a really bad group. And they were not Jason Verrett, Richard Sherman, Jimmy Ward, um, Tavares Mort, a couple nice plays like secondary has been outstanding. So I don't want that to be forgotten in this loss. And this is kind of like the end of the year really, because they're, they're not going to make the playoffs, but defense played awesome. It sucks that Jimmy went down. It sucks that there were so many injuries, but just got to move on to next year. But, uh, Jake, what did you think about this game, man? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you had to say. I, I really like that you brought up Dre Greenlaw. That's an underrated player, really, for this season. We always talk about Fred Warner, but the development from year one to year two for Greenlaw has been unreal. But now that I've kind of touched on that, I do want to go back to the game. This is the seventh straight game that we've had with two-plus turnovers, and it's been the narrative. I keep saying it. You're not going to win many games turning the ball over especially when you're turning it over two plus times. This is not something that concerns me long-term because I don't think next season you're going to see as many turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. But I mean, we know why uh, at this point, you know, we're turning the ball over and on the defense of this side of the ball. Um, we talked about this over the weekend. We're not generating any turnovers of our own. We have seven uh, turnovers all year long. And I think like four of them have come in the last what, three weeks between the Sherman interception, the Barrett interception, and then the two forced fumbles by Jimmy Ward. So, I mean, we're just not really forcing turnovers at the same rate as we were. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we're not getting consistent pressure. And we saw it with uh, Washington. You know, when you get pressure in there consistently, it's going to force the quarterback, no matter who it is, to make mistakes. You know, even if that wasn't Nick Mullins back there, it's tough to say a lot like the Buffalo game, like would Garoppolo do much better? And I think the team would have done better, but would Garoppolo individually have done much better? I'm not sure because pressure was constantly in on Nick Mullins um, on the interior offensive line. And of course, Chase Young crediting that defensive line with a lot of pressures as well. You're right though. Huge bounce back game for the defense really limited them. Um, as I said, the, you know, Verrett got a pick, which was a crazy pick by the way. And Ayuk also looking like a bona fide wide receiver one had 16 targets, but I mean, I don't read into that too much because this is basically the George Kittle treatment that Ayuk is getting. Um, it's what we saw two years ago with uh, Mullins and Ayuk. Mullins kind of just picks a guy and he just feeds them all day long because he's like, Hey, you're good. And I don't know where else to throw the ball. Um, <laughs> did, so did you happen to see what Kyle said about Ayuk after the game? He was critical of him, right? He was yeah. he was criticizing him, which and I which think I love. Because I do too. I, I, mean, I think I, a lot of it has. Sorry to cut you off. I think a lot of it has to do with just tough love. Like we never we never really saw this with Debo, and I think that's because we've seen a lot of the ceiling of what Debo's potential is, and that's not to harp on Debo. Debo's just he is what he is. He's you know part running back, part wide receiver. He's a physical kind of bowling ball guy, whereas Ayuk. Okay, you know, he had 119 yards, sure. But, it, you know, I think uh, when you look at it 
you know, the talent he has, I think Shanahan kind of looks at him as like, you have so much more potential left in the tank that's untapped. So I'm just going to be an asshole to you until you start, you know, figuring it out. So I think that Ayuk could become a top 10 receiver in the league. I really think that. And I think Kyle Shanahan thinks that too. And I know a lot of people are critical of Shanahan. Oh, he drafted Dante Pettis. You know, he's done this. He waited for a quarterback, whatever. Kyle gets a lot better. He's consistently improved. And we were talking about this. I said, I don't want to even like speculate on what the Niners are going to do at wide receiver because we were talking like, is Kendrick Bourne going to be back? Oh, we don't know. And I told you, I don't care what we do. I want Kyle. I mean, I think Kyle has basically full control. Obviously, he's going to use other guys. He's going to use Wes Welker to evaluate the position. You know, he's going to use Adam Peters, Martin Mayhew, John Lynch, all those guys. They're going to they're going to figure it out together. But the important thing is Kyle has gotten better. We go, okay, who is his first second round pick? Yeah, he's drafted three guys. I guess two guys in the second round, one guy in the first, but into the first trade up. Um, but he goes Dante Pettis. Fat fucking bust. I, I think everyone can can see that. Dante Pettis was soft. Especially how do? quickly he quit on him. I mean, he, yeah. he just gave him away. So for nothing. What? Yeah, exactly. What does he do with the next year? He goes, so we just got this guy that's pretty soft. We're going to completely correct ourselves and take Debo Samuel. I mean, the man's name is Debo. Also, rest in peace, the real Debo Samuel. Um, it's, I think, I think it's Tim Hister, I want to say, is the actor's name. Yep, R.I.P. Like Debo. a great guy, but that was really unfortunate. And crazy, just been... What's crazy is his final post on Instagram was a video of Debo Samuel. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that is really crazy. And I, apparently they had talked a few times, so that was really sad news to hear. But, but anyways, moving on. He goes, Dante Pettis, okay, this dude's soft. He gets Debo Samuel, who, I mean, him, A.J. Brown, and D.K. Metcalf, are those the, top, the three most physical receivers in the league? Like I think they are, and they're uh, all from yeah. the same. They're all from the same draft class, which I absolutely love, and they're all second round picks in that draft class, which is really cool. But and then he goes, okay, I'm gonna get even better. I'm taking Ayuk. So from now on, oh, also in the first year, he took Trent Taylor in the fifth round. Trent Taylor hasn't really. I mean, injuries have derailed his career for sure, but like he hasn't turned into anything. But like this progression that we've seen, if Kyle takes a guy in in the fifth, the sixth, the fourth, like any round expect him to maybe be a really good player. I, I think that's a, a fair assumption to make at this point because he just gets better and better and better. And I think that we're going to see that at the quarterback position as well. I really do. Because he's talked about it like, oh, you know, I missed on Josh Allen. He was talking about that right before the Bills game. And we actually took a lot of stock in that because we're like, you don't hear a guy talk about, oh, we missed on this quarterback when they're like super comfortable in that spot. But man, dude, I, I think that I think that I have a lot of, a lot of faith in Kyle moving forward, especially at wide receiver, just because Ayuk looks like he can be a top player. Everyone's talking about Justin Jefferson. Since week seven, I believe Brandon Ayuk is the second greatest player via PFF. Yeah, That's- he's second highest graded. Um, Justin Jefferson is averaging a 90 grade, which fair. Uh, he's been balling out of his mind. He's one of the crispiest route runners I've seen. He, he's just He's, he's unreal. You know, he's still raw. And we knew that when we were drafting him. He's, I believe, averaging, he's at a 75 grade on the season, which is second highest among rookie receivers, which I think he's deserving. I mean, you look at the other uh, rookie receivers and yeah, like you could say, oh, well, their quarterbacks haven't been great. 
neither has Ayuks. I mean, he's been dealing with a rotating door at quarterback since like week two. And when healthy, he's been unreal. And that's another thing I have to remember. Ayuk, too, has been playing through probably some type of hamstring pain as well because these things linger um, as the season goes on. That's kind of what happened to Debo. He's playing through something. Um, I, and I don't know if it's gotten better as he had to sit because of the COVID um, stuff. I know he's missed like two or three games because of the COVID IR. If I mean, if you remember early in the season, like training camp, he had that bad hamstring. And I think that's why he missed. I think it was week one. We didn't have him. Yeah, man. I, I think his potential is is untapped. I think he's still super raw. And I, I think that he has almost a Kittle-esque kind of jump in season two, I think. Oh, I hope so. But but kind of talking about the offseason, obviously we're talking about Brent Ayuk improving, you know, becoming a much better player. I think I want to at least touch on this a little bit. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Me and you were just talking about this before we hopped on. We both believe that Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starting quarterback. However, I don't think either of us think that C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins will be backing him up. I am really into the Trey Lance hype. I was just talking to you about, I mean, I think he's a better player than Zach Wilson. I know a lot of people don't think that. Um, there's a few things just from like me watching the film on these guys. When, when, and I'll just say this like to start, and I get that, that Zach Wilson is, I think Zach Wilson will go ahead of him. I think that's a big mistake. I think that Zach Wilson, I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think that bad at all. I think he's a late first round, second, early second round type of prospect. I think Trey Lance is, is an elite prospect in, in terms of his tools. He's also a project guy. Sounds familiar to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. And, and last time I checked, Kyle Shanahan has really praised those guys. And while maybe you look, you look back and you go, oh, like Trey Lance, inaccurate type of guy. He's, he just will like get out of control at times not really a Kyle guy. Kyle wants a guy that can just run the offense. I don't think that we're going to see that. I think just as we were talking about wide receiver, Kyle wants to win big. He wants to get a top quarterback. And I told you this, and I'm, I'm, I think I will stay with this as long as draft season goes. One, I think that Trey Lance is going to be the best quarterback out of this class if he ends up in San Francisco, just because he has all the tools to succeed there. Also, I think that we will look at this draft class and go, that was an absolute crime that Zach Wilson went ahead of Trey Lance. And if he goes ahead of Justin Fields, same situation, as long as Fields doesn't end up in, you know, somewhere really bad. Um, but I do think that I think do think it's gonna go Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Lance. And I think Lance is going to be the best. I really believe that. And you can watch them now, and you, you can tell, like, Lance is a, is a project. So was Josh Allen. So was Patrick Mahomes. What was Josh Allen's biggest issue? Deep accuracy. And if you don't think that if Trey Lance shows up in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense and gets better in that, like, have we not been watching football the last five years? That's been, like, everything that, that keeps happening is, oh, this guy can't throw the deep ball. can't do this. He's inaccurate. Josh Allen has got better every single year. And I yeah. get that not every guy, not every guy is the same. But, but you watch Trey Lance and you watch, him throw, you watch him throw it outside the numbers and you watch Zach Wilson throw outside the numbers, there's a distinct difference. Lance effortlessly rips the ball. 
Zach Wilson, the ball does not have a, like a big time velocity. And I get that that's not everything. I get that there's a lot of stuff. And often we hear Zach Wilson is compared to um, Deshaun Watson. And we go, oh, like Watson doesn't throw the ball with that much like uh, velocity. You know, he doesn't throw the ball super hard. Zach Wilson has excellent touch. So does Watson, right? And that's what kind of makes them work. The difference is Deshaun Watson's going out there against Alabama, carving up their defenses. Deshaun Watson is a much more athletic player than Zach Wilson. He's, you, you watch him play and like, he's going to withstand a lot more hits. I, th- I think that this, the way that the NFL is set up now will let Zach Wilson, like it helps him a lot just because you can't be taking out quarterbacks. I mean, we saw last night on Monday Night Football, Baker Mayfield gets barely tapped and it's like, oh, that's 15 yards. You know, like we see, just see that so much. But, but Zach Wilson isn't a super big guy. It's not the end of the world for him. I just think that Trey Lance has every single tool to succeed. He's a better runner. He has fantastic pocket presence. And Wilson does too. But like everything that like everyone's like praising Wilson for, Trey Lance can do. The only difference is that Lance doesn't have great touchdown field. As we've seen, that can be developed. And that's why I am so much higher on him. Also, I think that Lance might be there wherever the Niners select. Now, we'll see how the, these, last, these next three games play out. But, I mean, fingers crossed the Niners lose to the Cowboys. And I know that's probably a super unpopular statement right there. But, I mean, I want, it, I, I want them to lose. Because, like, getting a guy like Trey Lance, having him sit for a year behind Jimmy, yes, I do, like we just said, I think Jimmy's going to be back and for a pay cut. But you have him do that. What does that remind you of? That reminds me of Andy Reid and the Chiefs, right? And I think that is the new wave of the NFL. Also, look at who just did that, the Packers. Look at the Packers. They, they might win the Super Bowl, and they drafted a quarterback in the first round. It's not a tank thing. It's a we are going to get ready for the future. And I think that 49ers really need to do that. I, I'm all in on let's get Trey Lance at, you know, right now they're at 12. I've seen them in mock drafts, two of them at 12. If they have to trade up to eight, all right, do it. Pull it. Because – Sometimes you just got to go, all right, we're going to get this guy, sit him for an entire season, and he's going to get good. Also, the beauty is Jimmy Garoppolo has not been healthy. If Jimmy Garoppolo goes down midseason, you don't have to roll out Nick Mullins. You can roll out Trey Lance. Is he going to be ready? Absolutely not. But the, but the awesome thing about Trey Lance is tossing a couple zone reads. I mean, we just saw Jalen Hurts go into New Orleans. I don't know if it was – was it in Philly or was it in New Orleans? In Philly. It was in Philly. So, but, but he goes up against that New Orleans defense, which is a really good run defense. Runs for 100 yards. Puts up Trey 24 is, points. Yeah, Trey Lance is a very good running quarterback. And for his rookie year, if he has to get plugged in there, like, he'll be able to survive. Will it be perfect? 100%. It'll look ugly at times. Like, that, that's going to be a thing. But I don't think that they, the Niners would draft him expecting him to start. And for as much, as much shit as Jimmy Garoppolo gets – I still hear a lot of people that I find to be very intelligent football people going, Jimmy Garoppolo, not every year, but if the situation's right, he can be in that 7 to 12 range. Can you win with that? Yeah. Can you? Will he make the plays that like will win you that Super Bowl? Probably not. That's why you want to upgrade. But let's just not go like, all right, let's get rid of him. Let's trade for this guy. Oh, let's bring in this guy. Let's every all in. Zach Wilson's going to start rookie year. Like that is not a smart move. That is not a good organizational move. And I don't think the 49ers are going to do that. And for that reason, I am big on Trey Lance. Is it out of the picture that we draft a guy like Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or just any quarterback in general? No, because we're going to be in that sweet spot where, you know, 
we probably will be right inside the top 10. I've been saying eight to 12 is probably a realistic range for us. And, you know, we could be looking to trade down in that spot or trade up depending on where we're at. We're going to have possibly up to 10 picks this off season, depending on is Sala going to leave? Are we going to get compensatory picks from, you know, the Emmanuel Sanders uh, deal, stuff like that. But yeah, I, I like, do I think it's reasonable that we draft Lance? I mean, yeah, it's, it's plausible. I, I do think there's going to be some level of, you know, shaking up in that quarterback room. I, I don't know what, to what degree. Um, I do think Garoppolo is going to come back at least for another year. And as we said, on a, on a much cheaper contract, I don't think, you know, there's a, a man who is in that, you know, building right now willing to pay that guy $24 million next year, especially after he's played one fully healthy season, full, like three and a half seasons, really, he's been here. You know, it, it's certainly reasonable to think that. Um, my counter is this on Lance, right? A lot of people want to compare him to Josh Allen. The, the same people, you know, on the other side are going to compare him to Carson Wentz. Oh, look at Wentz now. You know, he, he lost it. Or, you know, this small school guy, he, you know, and he's in the NFL and he didn't progress. And, I mean, that just goes to show you what happens when, A, injuries take place, and B, you are in a probably pretty poorly run organization because it seems like there's been a lot of dysfunction in Philly the last few years, and I don't envision that happening. So I do agree that you know, if we did draft a quarterback, even if it is Lance, I don't think it will ever get as bad as a Carson Wentz situation. Like I said, you know, I, I don't think it's out of the picture to draft a guy like that. I, I do think, though, with Jimmy coming back, we probably just sign a little bit better of a backup and we let Jimmy ride it out and if he gets hurt that's probably the final straw because if he's hurt we're not going to have a winning record uh and you know if it's late in the season and he gets hurt we'll trade up like there's no way around it I think this is kind of their their last like shot of okay we're the caps cutting back this year we have a lot of draft picks like at least seven seven is the absolute minimum number they can have and they could have possibly up to 10 so that's a pretty hefty amount of picks and when you talk about free agency this year you know the cap could shrink as much as 50 million dollars which is absurd to think that it's dropping that much we're probably only going to be able to bring back like Trent Williams Kyle Juszczyk and then possibly like Verrett and Mosley and then obviously you know like some lesser players who only make you know one to two million who are, you know, at best kind of depth guys. But those are the four impact guys we'll probably be able to bring back. So you really, really have to hit on those picks. And that's another reason why I don't think we're drafting quarterback this year. Just because if you're in the eight to 10 range, you're probably going to go corner at that pick, especially if you're expecting Sherman or Verrett to walk. Um, I like Caleb Farley or Patrick Sertan if they fall. And if they don't, who knows? Maybe we do draft a quarterback. Maybe we just say, hey, you know what? He's here. We have no players on the board ahead of him. Why don't we take him? And also, it it depends. I mean, obviously, it's going to depend on what Kyle thinks. If Kyle goes, all right, I'm really wishy-washy about this guy, then that's whatever. I just think that that's what he wants to do. And, I mean, I I just had a – I think I was on an episode the other day. I said, like, drafting a quarterback, I think I said, like, from, like, the two to, like, 
20 range is like usually pretty bad. Like you don't really hit on that many guys. My, my, my like final underlining point on that was don't draft a guy two to 20. If you don't have a serious plan on what to do with him. And you got to love that guy. If you're going to pull it. Cause we see like so many teams where it's like Josh Allen at 10, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. I guess. Sure. We'll do it. And it's like, Oh, he's not good. And like so many guys like that. I think also, a perfect example, just to interject really quick. Um, of that is Josh Rosen. I mean, the, from the second he gets into the building, it's not like this guy wasn't talented. Sure, maybe he got overdrafted a little bit, but this guy, you know, was talented. I think he had potential to at least be in the top 20 range, and they just never had faith in him. And, you know, a, a lot of that has to do with, you know, there were so many moving pieces and parts. I forget who the head coach was before Cliff. He was on the Broncos coaching staff. He was a bad Vance defense. Joseph. Yeah, yeah. He was a bad yeah. defensive coordinator, and then he got moved to head coach. Very, very interesting how that played out. <laughs> there you go. And so, uh, you know, I think I, I really think that was a decision from the front office. I, I don't ever think that um, that was a a coaching decision to get Josh Rosen. And I think that showed the next season when they just kind of dumped him for basically nothing. I I I do agree partially with what you're saying about loving a guy because we've seen it so much I you know Darnold Trubisky right there was a whole story with Trubisky that John Fox was never bought in on uh on or uh not John Fox uh Matt Nagy was never bought in on Trubisky like he was you know dumbfounded why they drafted him so it does matter you know you have to make sure that everybody within the organization from the GM to you know the fucking scouts to the head coach are bought in on making this guy better i mean and if look at jimmy yeah look at jimmy I, right that's a that's a perfect example you can just tell like kyle is not fully bought in on this guy he doesn't love him like maybe he did with a matt ryan or someone who or you know, for whatever cousins. reason yeah for whatever <laughs> but, reason it's just not working but then also look at Kirk cousins and you go you know damn well that the front office was like dude we can't do this we cannot sign Kirk. exactly this is a bad move and well, so, exactly so like you, you got to compensate. And I think the way you compensate the, the front office is, I, I, th- I just think that's the smartest organizational move. Is it maybe the best move for 2021? Not necessarily. Is it the best move for the next 10 years? It totally could be. And the thing is, if they miss, if they miss on Trey Lance and they go, we whiffed on him in the first round, we were totally into him. Is it the end of the world? I really don't think so. And, and that's where it's like, Sometimes you got you got to swing. You got to be aggressive. John Lynch has shown that like his GM strategy, I guess, is pretty aggressive. Um, I, I don't know. That's what I I want to see them do. That if they don't, I'm not going to be super upset. I would be pretty upset if they tray up and go to Zach Wilson, just because I'm not a super big believer in him. Um, will I root for the guy? 100%. Never going to root for any of these guys to fail or anything. But I just don't think – I just think that the value's not there. And I think that if – I really do think that if Trey Lance ends up a 49 or, or ends up with, you know, a Patriot or someone like a really good organization that we're going to go, how the hell did this guy go for four? Because I'm, I'm pretty confident he's going to be the fourth quarterback taken. Um, I and, just and maybe, think – Maybe stuff changes. But, like, right now it seems like that's almost like it, – it's pretty clear that that's at least what the media thinks, which isn't always in touch. But – I think there's where there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I think that that's probably how, how it's going to turn out. Yeah. I just think like Kyle's probably like 
telling the front office, like, dude, trust me on this. Like, Kyle's the quarterback guru. And I think, you know, the, the, the deal with Jimmy always sounded very orchestrated by John Lynch. Like, hey, we got to pull the trigger. I just called Bill. It was a, you know, from what I understand, as the story goes, it was a personal phone call between Bill and uh, John Lynch, who, you know, them two have a very close relationship. Robert Kraft, um, as the, I believe it's the Seth Wickersham article uh, details, basically says, like, Robert Kraft uh, was like Team Brady and he wanted Garoppolo out, and Belichick really, really wanted to hold on to Garoppolo. And so Belichick trading Garoppolo to Lynch almost seemed like it felt right for him. Lynch kind of overrided, uh, overrid Kyle Shanahan's jurisdiction a little bit and said, hey, look, we've seen Brian Hoyer and some of these guys play this year and we need a quarterback. And I think Kyle Shanahan's looking now and like saying, dude, I, you know, I could have had Darnold, I could have had Josh Allen and we could have had them on a way cheaper deal. Like, I think he's looking at, you know, that now and saying, just trust me next time. And I think that is going to factor into at least a portion of this draft, but I, I just don't see it happening this year. And if it is going to happen, I think Jimmy probably gets the can just because I think that if you're going to draft a rookie quarterback, you're going to try and save the cap space for it. Unless, you know, so like we said, they, do you they, think, you think if they draft a rookie that they would get rid of Jimmy? I think so. Unless, and you think they just uh, run it with, with Lance, whoever they draft? Cause I, re- I really don't think that's smart. I, I think that um, unless Jimmy takes a severe pay cut, they would not keep him if they were drafting a quarterback because I just think that with the cap coming back and we've heard this from Lynch and a a lot of the guys in the front office, like we have to get creative. And I just feel like they, you know, if, if their big free agents are Williams and juice, that's already probably 25 to $30 million uh, of cap hit that's probably about going to eat up most of their cap room. Maybe they really want to keep Sherman, who I think honestly at this point in his career, it probably is better to move off of Sherman given his age and just where he's at. He's looked at like a liability at times on the field. He's still a good player, but he, you know, he's not looking like vintage Sherman. This is the first year where I've kind of noticed he's, he's lost a bit of a step and that might be because of the lingering injury. Who knows? You know, that front office constantly has a plan and they try and execute it every single year to the best of their abilities. In uh, year two, it was like, hey, let's just draft everybody. Let's stockpile on draft picks. This past year, it's like, okay, like we're going to have to move off some of our studs, but we're going to draft a couple studs and we're going to trade for a big stud because Joe Staley just retired. This year to me just feels like a year where they're sitting down in the front office and they're like, hey, look, we're going to have to nail our draft picks and we're going to have to be as cost-effective as we can. And we have to somehow, you know, retain the players that we want to retain, but also improve through the draft. And I just don't know how you, if you're sitting down trying to create a super cost-effective and cost-efficient plan, how Jimmy Garoppolo factors into that. Because I do believe he's at least taking a pay cut to come back considering the drop in, in salary cap. I think he will. I'm, I'm very confident that they're going to just like hack off 10 million. And I know that's like 
really why would this player do that? It's like other teams aren't going to pay him that much. They're really not. And he could just get cut for like almost nothing where he's not going to make a ton. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but, but I do know it's, that like, it's $5 it's a, million dollars if he gets cut. Yeah. So if he goes like, who's like going to go, all right. I mean, maybe Bill, maybe Bill is like, yeah, I'll, I'll take Jimmy as my starter, but I don't think there's that many teams. And, and also like, I'm still pretty high on Jimmy. Do I think he's going to be an elite quarterback? No. Once upon a time, I thought that with the Niners offense and stuff that, you know, he could make that jump. I'm not completely like done with him, but I just think that there are better options and it's time that those need to be addressed. I mean, I I think that's pretty much it for today. This was a fun episode. I'm really excited for this off season just because with, with the cap dropping to, I think the floor of it is 175 and it sounds like that's where it's going to be. I know it's over 200 million right now. It's going to be interesting. And we talk about that. We have faith in the Niners front office. You know, we have faith in Parag, Adam Peters, Kyle. I think John Lynch, I think he runs a, a, a very clean ship up there. Um, I, I really like it. I like the way that they work. This is the year where, oh, no, the salary cap's falling. In my mind, it's an advantage for the 49ers. I know that no one talks about it like that. Do you really think front offices that don't know what they're doing are going to be able to execute this offseason to perfection? Because I think they're going to screw it up. And you could be like, well, they're all professionals. They all do this and that. How many times have we seen in, in all sports? Do you remember, Jake, I'm sorry to take shots at your, your Lakers here, but the Lakers signed – Timothy Mozgov and Luol Deng went off season to, to like huge contracts. Like they're still haven't paid Deng off. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I was just going to say, you're still paying that Deng contract. And they just you. won a championship. Like let's not act like all these organizations are like, oh yeah, they're like totally locked in. Like they are not like they, they are human. They make mistakes all the time. I, I think I look at this as almost an opportunity over like an issue because their front office, they have a chance to, to replace these guys and like yeah they're gonna lose a bunch of guys but so is every single team we we're gonna look ahead and we're gonna be like this guy got cut this guy got cut this guy was an all pro two years ago he got cut if the 49ers can figure their shit out and they go we're gonna have a plan at quarterback and i do think that drafting a quarterback in the first round is a smart plan and and i wasn't super high on that a few weeks ago and i've really come around to that I think if you draft Mac Jones in the second, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I don't want to see Mac Jones play. Like, and that's not even like a knock on Mac Jones. It's just like, does he have the skill set of a guy like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and, and Zach Wilson as well? Like, no, he's a, a system guy. Like, there's, there's, a, um, there's a ceiling with those guys. Like, there is. And I'm not super high on the ceilings and stuff, but with a guy that can't move around, can't do that much stuff, there is a ceiling. Like, you can only he can only get so good in the NFL, and so I think that this year, man, like if if they if the Niners go out there, they have a plan. Okay, we lost Sherman, we lost this guy, but we got we got him back. We got this vet coming back. He was banged up, you know. He did this and that. We're gonna have him as our speed rusher because D Ford's gone. You know, like they can fill these holes, and I think that they can really make a big run next year, even if they take. Trey Lance in the first round, which is what I really want. Because, I mean, we might be here next year going, damn, the Niners are balling. They they have 11, 12 wins right now. They're you know they're 11 and two, 11 and three, whatever the record would. I guess 11 and two would be right now. Um, but you know they're a good team, and they have Trey Lance waiting to start in 2022. That's what I want to see. I'm I'm hyped up for it. 
I'm not super like this year sucked. It is is very clear. This is supposed to be the revenge tour. It was the everyone's in the hospital tour. It sucked. Um, <laughs> but but I'm hyped, man, and and I'm really excited. I think that this is a this is a chance for the Niners front office to almost flex on everyone and go. That's right. We are we are gonna outsmart you guys because they try to do that shit in the draft, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think they've progressively got better and better. I, I always hear like, look at 2017. They took Solomon Thomas, Reuben Foster. Their only hit was George Kittle. Well, let's look at how these drafts have gone. Better, 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 better. They're going to keep getting better. So this is the year where I'm like, all right, let's do it. Because I think that I think it's time, dude. I think that they're going to start kind of cementing themselves as a consistent, good team. I remember one of my very first episodes on this pod, and I know it wasn't with you, Jake. I don't think I don't think I'd met you yet, but it was like, can they have a Bill, a Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick level dynasty? And like, obviously, the difference with them is that the NFC West is is pretty nice. <laughs> got some, got a couple of good quarterbacks there, um, and the AFC East for so many years was god awful. That's the difference in my mind. But I think that they can create some consistency and they can be really good. This year, it's not a fluke necessarily because so many guys have gone down in the past, but I think that this is an opportunity more than like, ah, uh, like we're going to go back down to, you know, the Chip Kelly, Jim Tomsula days. I do not think that is even close to what's going to happen. So I'm pumped. Um, also, I, I think I but- butchered his name earlier, but Tom Lister Jr., rest in peace, man. The the original Debo, hopefully hopefully his family's doing well. Um, Man, I'm I'm hyped. If you guys are listening to this, please five star rating and review. Jake, this has definitely been my favorite episode that we've done. So, for I'm excited, sure, they man. they just get better hey, each and every week. Man, I'm excited for the off season. Excited for these uh, last few weeks. I know, just keeps getting easier, man. So you know, hopefully the product reflects that. Yeah. So thanks everyone for listening, and and we'll talk to you guys. We'll probably do a Twitter live stream on Saturday. Um, there's a Cowboys fan in the Worst Take Network, which is what we're a part of. And he's probably going to – I'm hoping he can come on. We'll, we'll join either Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon on the Worst Take Net. That's the Twitter if you guys want to join that. But I don't think we'll be posting any, like, previews anymore, probably one episode a week on, on the podcast platform. But I'm hyped, man. I think, I think we're in a good spot. I think we're in a lot better spot than most people are saying. So stay positive. Um, there's obviously going to be – every year there's going to be, you know, question marks. But hopefully those get resolved this offseason because I think this is an opportunity for this – for Kyle Shanahan on the front office to really go what we're going to be good for a long, long time. But uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon.